What's up, everybody? Sultan of Strangles here. And today I wanted to talk about um, a certain topic. And I didn't know how I wanted to word it because I didn't want to sound like one of those guys. Don't dwell on the past. You know, you're always thinking about the past. But y'all know I'm a history fanatic. I'm obsessed with history. Now... The history is literally the study of the past. And I've been able to develop a very successful gym. I made a lot of great decisions in my life based off of my study of history. Because just because I study history doesn't mean I'm going to be able to forecast historical events. I'm able to forecast my own life events. And it's very helpful. So I think I'm going to call this episode learning from the past in this episode i am gonna go over my main regrets throughout my life and maybe we'll go over some of my main good decisions and based off of analyzing the past i'm gonna make some better decisions in the future and maybe you guys can do that too because it's always better to learn from other people's mistakes than your own mistakes But before we do that, make sure to go follow me at K-O-O-L-R-A-K, at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, at Rambling with Rack. Follow me on Facebook, Mike Rakshan, M-I-K-E-R-A-K-S-H-A-N. And make sure to check out my website, ImmortalsJiu-Jitsu.com. Guys, if you're on iTunes, give me five stars. If you're on Spotify... Just give my podcast a share on your story. It would mean a lot to me and tag me. Um, The podcast is blown up. I never, ever in a million years thought I would have um, uh, 10,000, 10,500 now views. That's awesome. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and enjoy. So I wrote the script for this episode completely in a bar because I remember I think it was a movie with Ben Stiller where he lives with his wife and there's this old woman that moves into their apartment upstairs and very annoying so they find ways to try to kill her it's fucking hilarious and he's a writer and he has some kind of a deadline and uh, to make the deadline It's so cool. There's this one scene. He just goes to a bar and it just shows him working on whatever book he has to write and he finishes it. And I'm like, dude, that's kind of a cool idea. Like when you're writing a paper or writing, I don't know, uh, a book, you know, people go to Starbucks, people go to their home, people will, you know, um, go to you know a quiet place but i've never tried going to a bar so last night just like freaking hank moody in californication i take my freaking laptop to a bar and i'm not trying to waste the bartender's time but i'm also not trying to drink so i just got like a non-alcoholic drink like i just get like a seltzer And then I would just keep tipping the bartender, you know, being nice. Like, sorry, I'm here wasting your time. And uh, I got so much work done. It was so productive. The ideas were just flowing through my head. 
when you're home writing, sometimes you get a little lonely. They're like, man, what the fuck am I doing here? I should be like out. Um, and when I'm in Starbucks, it's kind of quiet, right? But then I'll zero in on some sounds. Like someone might sit at the next table and start chewing really loudly, which drives me fucking insane. And I can't, I can't concentrate. Some crazy asshole with a really high-pitched voice from the, from the far end of the room will start yapping. And it just, uh, it just gets to me. It just fucking gets to me, bro. Um, and I just can't concentrate. The library is the worst. People go there to hang out. But when I go to a bar, it's already so loud. So uh, it's so loud at a at the temperature. I mean, the, the the decibels are. Let's make up a number. Thirty. We're at a we're at a Starbucks is a ten. So if the decibels are at a 10 and someone's talking at a 15, their fucking voice stands out. But when you're in a 30 decibel uh, atmosphere, you really don't give a fuck anymore. It's so loud that it doesn't even matter anymore. And the ideas just flowed through my brain. And um, it was really cool. I I think this is what I'm going to... And you know what's really cool? I met people. They're like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm writing for my podcast. Oh, what's the name? this, 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 oh, uh, you know, I own a gym, here's a business card, so last night, made a couple friends, uh, wrote a really good script for this episode, and it was a, it was a, just a A-plus night, that, this is probably what I'm gonna start doing, Friday night, after I'm done teaching, I'm just gonna go to the nearest bar with my laptop, and fucking, you know, get work done, chat, talk to people, take breaks, play some pool it's a cool it's a cool idea and I think more people should do it I'm gonna start promoting it a lot more and um yeah that's all I gotta say about that so one of my uh one of my big things and learning from the past I tell all my young friends you know they meet like a really amazing woman uh that you know has a job, loves them, goes out of their way for them, but they could be hotter, but they could be prettier. And I'm just like, shut your fucking mouth. There's this, in modern day society, it's a curse. And the curse is called paralysis by analysis. This doesn't even go for relationships, it goes for everything. Like, when I was a fucking kid, my mom, my uncle, and me would sit down for dinner, and whatever the fuck was playing on Channel 11 that night, we watched. Okay, WB, Channel... It was good shit. Sometimes it was a Clint Eastwood movie. Sometimes it was Bloodsport. Sometimes it was Kickboxer. But we didn't have a fucking choice. We just watched whatever the fuck was there, okay? And because of that, I got to learn to love a lot of new movies. Um, Now, another thing besides for movies, books, shows. Now, you know, you you go on Netflix and you're like, ooh, Netflix, let's... uh, 
let's 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 see a show. And uh, I was looking last night, and I'm like, ah, this is too corny. Ah, this is too lovey-dovey. Ah, this is too cliche. And before I knew it, an hour had gone by. And if this was 20 years ago, I would just be already an hour into a movie. I may have liked it, I may have not, but I'd be watching something. So don't let yourself be paralyzed by analysis. Like dating sites, Tinder, Bumble, etc. You meet a guy, he's 5'10", he's jacked, he's, uh, he's got a good job. Oh, well, he could be 6'3". Well, he could be cuter. Oh, he could be more jacked. You know what? I'm just going to leave him and, and look for another guy. The other, the other guy, well, you'll never find him because you think there's so many options out there that before you know it, you're 40 years old and there's nobody left. So I need you guys to get into the mentality. It's my younger guys. If you find someone that, that's a decent person, you get along, uh, you have some things in common, it's, it's okay to just get married. Uh, that, that, that's one thing as a young man that I kind of regret. I just, uh, you know, my family wasn't doing so good. My mom was sick. My stepdad had a hard time. So I was very focused on my career, very focused on jujitsu, very focused on kind of building myself. Now, could I have done that while being in a serious relationship? Probably. If I was with a woman who had the same mentality as me, yes, I could have. But I thought, you know, I just need to focus on myself. You could still focus on yourself while being in a serious relationship. And if, you're, and if your partner has the same mentality as you, it will help you get there faster. Um, one thing a lot of people just really need to understand is that the whole focus on myself bullshit you take that way too seriously I'm one of them I'm one of those guys because once you get into like once you get into the 30s the the pool the pool gets real small you can take your pick of the socially awkward person that just never got into a relationship I was talking to one girl and she said yeah and I was on the phone they didn't let me get a single word and just talk the whole time. Yeah, you know, so my parents always told me that they would find me someone. So I focused on college, and then I focused on grad school, and then I focused on my PhD, and then I was 32, and I asked my mom and dad, did you find me anyone? They said, oh, no, we just thought you were going to figure, figure something out yourself. And I'm like, how socially awkward do you have to be to, like, to, to, to think that waiting until you're 32 hey mom hey dad did you guys find anyone yet like what the other person the other people you're gonna find in your 30s dating pool is the person who's been cheated on and divorced three or four times and everything you do is a re everything you do is oh you took a minute extra to text me were you with another woman Oh, this is how my ex used to talk to me. Oh, uh, 
oh, did you just walk in front of me? Wow, my ex used to do it. I'm like, dude, this is so bad. And then the last but not least are the people, this is the minority, the people who were really dumb, like me, who said, hey, you know, I'm going to focus on myself, build myself up. And once I'm established, then I'll start looking. Bro, by the time you're established, there's nothing left. So that is, uh, that is you know, my thoughts on that. But I, w- I have a little list here um, about relationships. One thing I really regret when I was younger. When I was younger, there were, there were girls in my life who were I was insanely attracted to. And they were insanely attracted to me. But I was popular and they weren't. So I never dated them. I look back and I'm like, God, I am so stupid. And this is all just because I cared what people thought. Like in high school, you've got house parties, you have school, you have events, you have trips where you can meet people. College, you have sporting events, clubs, gatherings, house parties. And then your young adult life, like as soon as you as soon as you graduate college, everyone thought it was really cool to move to the city, bro, the city, Lavo Lounge, bro, Lavo Lounge, yeah. And the summers, bro, bro, DJs, bro. Bro, we got a shore house. I would go to these shore houses, shitty, shitty shore houses with like 10 people living in them, bro. We went to fucking, we went to fucking DJs. And then we went to Cooper House, bro. And I went to these two places and I'm like, it's so fucking loud. You can't hear anyone. The music isn't that good. I'm like, this is what these people do for fun? What? Now, you know, you're you're no longer in your young adult life. You're in your late 20s, 30s. Now what do you do? Do you still, do you still go to lounges, clubs? I, I know people that still do. I don't know if I could do it anymore. Um, at that age, how do you meet people? Church is a good one. If you're Muslim... You can't do that because the mosque is segregated, men and women. Volunteer events. Who knows? When you're older, it's so tough. It's like the only way you can meet people is apps or going to a fucking bar. But who wants to meet their future love of their life at a bar? I noticed a great way is hot tubs. When I was in California, I would literally, after work every day, go to the hot tub and that's actually how I met my ex, who was awesome, who just showed me around everywhere. Uh, so yeah, those are those are how I learned from the past relationship wise. Sports are something also, you know, that I'm learning a lot from the past. Let's ask ourselves if we could go in the past, what changes would we make athletically? So when I was growing up, you know, I tried karate and, you know, from last episode, how that happened, how that worked out. I tried uh, Muay Thai at the edge. Richard Rossiti, the fake Navy SEAL, he would take, he would tell everyone that he's a Navy SEAL when he actually wasn't. So, like, it's pretty crazy. Like, I always hear about these fake Navy SEALs, but little did I know. That there's really people out there. Um, obviously, that place went out of business. Um, there's football, which 
I remember freshman year, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Uh, our coach just goes, all right, all the real men follow me and all the pencil neck geeks follow this guy. So uh, obviously, you know, I want to be a real man. So I follow the real man. And little did I know that I would, he, when he said the real men, he meant the absolute dumbest fucking position in all of football. I don't even know. I wish I could just talk to my younger self and be like, dude, what are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. I was put on the line as a lineman, the dumbest position in all of sports ever. For those of you who don't know anything about American football, there's a quarterback who throws the ball to people. There's the wide receivers who catch the ball. There's the running backs who run the ball. Cool positions, dynamic positions. And in the other, oh, also the tight end, which is a mix of both. Then on the other end, we have the linebackers, which hits, tries to catch the guy who runs the ball. We have the safeties and cornerbacks, which tries to stop the wide receivers. And then in the middle, we've got these things called linemen offensive linemen, you have to be a big, fat retard uh, in the NFL, like minimum 300 pounds, and your job is to just block people to not hit the quarterback. It's the most boring, dumb position in all of sports. And on the other side is the defensive lineman, another big fat guy, but also not as not as fat. And he's just trying to take the quarterback out or take the running back out. And practice, when you go to practice for these two positions, it is the dumbest thing ever. It's literally you just run into the guy in front of you for three hours. If I could go back, I would have said, do not fucking play football. It is so bad for your brain. You think getting punched in the face a couple times is bad? Ramming your forehead into another man's head over and over and over hundreds of times every day for years that ain't good for you but what what good the good thing about it was though if you fucking played football you're a cool kid so i remember freshman year football like school didn't start yet um i was it, it was middle school it was middle school memorial middle school and thomas jefferson middle school nobody knew each other and now we're all going to go to high school together. So no one knows anyone from the other schools. But if you played football, you made friends already. You know, your boys from football. On the first day, we all knew each other. It was awesome. Fit great for your social life. Um, one thing I fucking hate about this app is, like, I'll be recording a segment and then someone calls me and it just stops the segment. I don't know what to do on my phone to, to say that, hey, when I record this segment, this is the priority. Don't let anything disturb me. And um, I can't put on airplane mode because I need the internet. It's very fucking frustrating. But where was I? Football. Great for your social life. Made a shit ton of friends. And uh, I stayed friends with those people for the rest of my fucking life. Uh, friends with them in all of high school, college, after college, 
pretty much being playing freshman football meant that you're you're popular and you're going to remain popular. So in that aspect, it was great. Also, another aspect it was great is like uh, school's over, two thirty, three o'clock, for a young fourteen-year-old kid. Like, what the fuck else am I supposed to do the rest of the day? Some kids would go fucking just do nothing. Some would do drugs. Some had jobs. And then the rest of us, you know, we played sports. So it gave me something to do. Um, lacrosse is another sport I played that I fucking love. So much fun. Literally, for those of you who don't know who lacrosse is, it's literally like, imagine soccer, but you have a, a three-foot metal stick and if you play defense, you have a six-foot metal rod that you just get to swing at people as hard as you can. It's amazing. Uh, very violent sport. But what sucks about it, professional lacrosse, there's no money in it. And, you know, after college, there's nothing. Um, same with uh, same with football. Like, you play. If you don't get in the NFL, you're a loser. You're a nobody. What I love about martial arts is that you will literally train for the rest of your life. Elio Gracie trained until he died when he was like 98 years old. That's how beautiful martial arts is. That's how beautiful jujitsu is. If I could go back, I would have concentrated pretty much just on wrestling uh, you know, I would wrestle during wrestling season and the rest of the year I would do things to supplement my wrestling, like do, you know, the clubs. Um, I would definitely start jujitsu. Oh, my fucking jujitsu journey start, story sucks too. I'm 14 years old. I see this place called Performance Jiu-Jitsu in Emerson, New Jersey, before it was in Fairlong. I tell my stepdad, hey, uh, can we go here real quick? So I go. I take a class. I love it. Then he goes, this is how much we have to pay. And it was actually pretty reasonable. It was something like 150 a month or whatever. And my stepdad's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. That's too much money. Meanwhile, he was spending money on the dumbest shit. I always ask myself, what would happen if, if I just had, like, supportive parents? And, like, imagine if I started jujitsu at 14. What would happen? Um... So, yes, yeah, sports-wise, I would not focus on these retarded sports like football and lacrosse. I would just focus on wrestling, focus on martial arts. You have to ask yourself, too, what, why, are you doing, why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, if you're okay at lacrosse, it's fun. You will learn discipline. You will learn teamwork. That's awesome. But what are you going to do with it after high school? What are you going to do with it after high, uh, college? With martial arts, you could continue to train. You could continue to compete. So that that's kind of one of the great. I put I put too much time into different things. It's like it reminds me of the game Fallout. You play Fallout, right? You have X amount of skill points, and you have to be careful what you put your skill points in. Do you want to be a guy, the small arms guy who who has who's really good with rifles? Do you want to be like the technician guy who's good with electrical stuff? Same thing in life. You don't want to be the jack of all trades, master of none. Take two things, two or three things that you want to focus on and be the absolute best at it. And that is a possibility. And if I could go back, sport-wise, I would just focus on graphic. 
Support for Rambling with Rack is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code RAK, RAK, at manscaped.com. And if my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Guys, Manscaped has truly changed my life. Y'all know Middle Eastern men. We got some serious, dense forestry down there. I have tried everything. I've tried the over-the-counter buzzers. I have tried straight razors. I have tried regular razors. And nothing has made manscaping easier than Manscaped. All right, guys. So the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived. And oh, man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Guys, the ball deodorant, all right? Let's say you're on your last set of leg press at the gym and your girl hits you up, says, what are you doing? You don't have time to take a shower. You just take a quick little um, whiff of that ball deodorant, wipe down there, and head over to her house. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer is a future of grooming, and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is a waterproof and also has 400K LED spotlight you need for more precise shaves. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. Guys, as an Iranian man, I could attest to you that when using a regular buzzer, uh, if you go to my bathroom floor, it literally looks like you just entered the Amazon rainforest. So having the trimmer right now has made my job so much easier. You thought that was good. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping worldwide with code word RAK, R-A-K. Get 20% off free shipping with the code R-A-K at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code word R-A-K. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I remember a while back I was talking to my lady friend. I'm like, hey, um, do you want to go to the gym together? And she's like, I hate working out. I really don't want to. But I'm like, you know what? Let's just go. You know, let's go. Try it out. See what you think. And then if you don't like it, we just won't go back. 
So we went and, um, you know, I kind of put her through a different type of workout than, you know, what most women are used to. Most, most women I see go to the gym, they do cardio, they do abs, and then they do glutes. So just everything in your power to be pear-shaped. Um, when I went with my ex, you know, we started benching, doing pull-ups, rows. And she's like, am I going to hurt myself? I no, no, you're doing pretty good form. I, I coached her on her form and kind of showed her that, like, it's okay if you're a girl. You could still lift heavy. You're not going to look like a man. And she loved lifting heavy. And she fell in love. And she still works out now. We're not together anymore, but she's, like, really big into working out. And I'm very proud that I was the one that got her into it. Now, again, learning from the past, you know, the topic of this, of this whole uh, podcast is that let's say you go to the gym, you don't, you don't like it. Did you try everything? Did you try doing HIIT workouts? Did you try doing high reps, low reps? Did you try going to one of the Zumba classes, yoga? You doesn't have to be go going and lifting weights up and putting them down. For all you know, you could love kickboxing. You could love swimming. You know, for me, I wish I just knew a little earlier. Uh, I knew I always loved martial arts, but I wish I knew earlier, like, that I'm that passionate about it. You know, I know a lot of people. um, There was one friend of mine. She told me um, she hated going to the gym. And then one day she tried Pilates. I don't even really know what Pilates is, but all I know is that she's training five days a week now and she looks absolutely incredible. So it's not about, you know, whether or not you like fitness. I think most people will like fitness. It's just you need to find the way. Now to add on to this, reading. Growing up, you know, uh, are in the public school system, They made us just read the most boring fucking books you could ever imagine. Brighton Beach Memoirs. Lord of the Flies was kind of cool. Just a lot of very boring books that like really a sixth grader, fifth grader can't connect with. And then, what was it? Oh, it was in eighth grade where I met my first real history teacher before that. It was called social studies. I don't know what the fuck social studies means, but I remember in New Jersey, uh, fourth grade, our social studies class, one of our tests was memorizing all the counties in New Jersey. Like, how the fuck is that going to help me in my future? So eighth grade, I get a teacher, Mr. Thompson. I'll never forget. Coolest guy. Changed my life forever. This is why I love history so much. Just a classic historian. Like our, I think he used to be a college professor or something. Then he became a freaking eighth grade history teacher. And this guy was so passionate about his fucking job. You know what he would do for me? He would literally have like a collection of books that he had. And he would just give me one. I would finish it, give me another one. And the books that he... Let me read the classics, the Odyssey, you know, I read Hittite Warrior, Ben-Hur, all these classic books that I loved. 
historical philosophy philosophy books and it made me realize that reading is cool <laughs> um now it took me a it took me a while to become very passionate about reading i became very passionate about reading after college i'm just like you know what let's let's pick up this book and see what it's about history books psychological books like i really love malcolm gladwell uh, i loved quiet by susan cain like i really like psychology i like uh history and if you can if you can find out your niche of what you like you will read and you will get so much smarter not only in that niche but everything like because i read so much history my business knowledge is good my leadership knowledge is good my economics knowledge is good my political knowledge is good so you got to find what you like and that's a huge regret i have what i really wish i learned more from the past i wish i had like a role model that told me hey fuck brighton beach memoirs <clears throat> here <clears throat> read this you're probably going to like it more so that's kind of the role model i try to be for the younger generation now I'm like listen if you don't like this um try this out it's kind of the same thing you're going to like it more how i relate it to jiu jitsu everyone wants to do the fancy schmancy leg locks <clears throat> i set them up with something a little basic first and I'm like, you're going to get to the advanced stuff, but have fun with this for now. And just just goes to show, like, it's very important to have, like, some type of role model in your life. Unfortunately, I didn't have too many growing up. But I'm very grateful for Mr. Thompson. You know, um, we have this movement in this country right now that, um, you know, big is beautiful. It's be okay with the way you look. And... You know, for a while I abided by this because I was, I was always very heavy. And, um, you know, so I would go to the gym six days a week. I had muscle mass. My resting heart rate was, I think, 60 or 55. So like athlete, because I would run all the time. My 225 pound ass would always run, always at the gym. But my diet was just not, was not good. And, um... And I'm like, you know what? Fuck the haters. I'm, I, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Blah, 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 blah. And then one day I went to... The one thing that absolutely sucks about this app is if I'm in the middle of a recording and somebody calls me, it just stops the recording. There's got to be a, a, like a, some feature to... Be, I don't want airplane mode because I need internet. I, I need something that doesn't turn it off when I'm fucking recording so back to where I was I went to the doctor doctor looked at me and said um yeah resting heart rate's good blood pressure's good but you're overweight I'm like yeah I know but you know I'm okay with it like no 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 no. you you're fine now oh I don't remember how old I was 20 something years old you're totally fine now but in a few years, you know, you have diabetes on your dad's side of the family, heart disease on your mother's side of the family. You will get diabetes eventually and you will get heart disease because it's genetic. And if you don't do something about it now, uh, it's going to kill you. And um, it's like it made me think, you know, let's say you go on a ruck march and, um, you know, you put a 45 let's say 45 pound weight on your back 
you know, it's not too bad in the beginning for the first couple miles. Like, oh, you could, I could handle this. This ain't bad. But then you get to mile 10 and mile 20. And uh, it kind of like, um, it's a synonym for life. Yeah, in the beginning, your body's young and strong. It'll handle it. Just like when you're freaking 18 years old, you could party all night, drink, come home, have a bunch, couple hot dogs, some dollar pizzas, and you wake up the next morning and you feel great. But, but if you try that in your 30s, oh, good luck. Try that. Go out, have a couple drinks, get drunk, go have a couple dollar pizzas, then tell me how you feel the next morning. For all y'all young folk listening to this, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, it sucks. You can't. I, 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 not that I was a big partier, but it was, it was something... Um, once in a while, I would go out. I would do that. I'd feel fine. Four hours of sleep, three hours of sleep. Wake up the next morning, feel great. Now I need those eight hours, and I can't be eating too close to bed, or I feel like shit the next day. So, um, at first, uh, I always really loved jujitsu, but I had a really fucking my martial arts journey was not really the best. I started at a gym where I got a lot of very bad injuries. And finally, I decided to just join a regular gi jiu-jitsu gym. I was 230 pounds. With zero changes to my diet, I was able to get down to around 200 and maybe 210. And then I started dieting. I started doing intermittent fasting, which is really easy. It's the easiest diet ever. I just call it skip breakfast. 16 hours you fast, 8 hours you eat. Then I got down to around 204. Then when I joined Henzo's, the training sessions were so hard and so intense that I got down to around 190. Um, I'm back up to around 198, 200 now. But I want to get back down. The thing is here, guys, what I'm really trying to run home is learning from the past. If I could go back... I would have never let it happen. Yeah, I get that burger is good. Yeah, I get that uh, you want a snack or whatever. But you're taking years off your life. Big is not beautiful. If you're fat right now, I get it. Making fun of someone who's fat is not going to make them lose weight. I was fat. People made fun of me. It made me want to eat more. But being big is not beautiful. Being big means diabetes and heart disease. So that's something I really learned from the past. Take your diet seriously. Take your exercise seriously. Forget about Instagram and likes. It's for your longevity, for your kids, um, for your grandkids, if you want to see them. You know, another thing that I wanted to add to this episode about learning from the past is social media. You know, social media could be your best friend, but it could also be your worst enemy. Think about it this way. All right. Snake poison. You 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 load you, you get bitten by a snake, um, by a freaking king cobra, you're gonna die. Hundred percent. But this is a fact by the way, I'm not making this up. You take a little bit of venom every day, a little bit of that venom every day, and um after I don't know, a couple months or even a year, your body will be immune to that venom. You know? Um it's kind of the case with a lot of things in life, 
in small doses, it's great. Could help you, but in large doses, real bad. Extremely bad. Coffee, having half a cup in the morning, cup in the cup in the morning, you get get you get your day started nice and fast, right? But if you I think it all it takes is um one gram uh one full gram of nicotine or caffeine to, to make your heart stop. So that's very, very dangerous. Um, so know when to do things in moderation. And me, I'm not going to sit here on my high horse and tell you guys, well, I can control myself. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you to do it the right way. I have, I'm just as bad as y'all. But what I notice that I've been trying to do that I wish I could could have done back in the day is post and ghost. Post what you want to post, then turn it off. Me, I don't really go on Facebook anymore. But back in the day, oh man, I was the king of Facebook arguments. I would spend hours arguing with people. And now that I look back on that, what did that get me? The argument I had about Trump in 2016. Did I grow from that? Did I gain friends from that? Did I make money from that? No. The post promoting my gym years ago, did that help me? Yes. The post promoting my job? Yes. The post about helping other people? Yes, that helped. But is that all I'm doing? No. Even now, I'll get into an argument here and there. Even now, I'll get stuck looking at videos for way too long. And if you're listening to this and you're younger, social media could be your best friend. It's the reason my gym is successful it's the reason my accounting practice is successful, my clothing company is, but I spend way too much time on it. I looked at my screen time. I didn't even know I had this app on my phone. It's called Screen Time, and I was shocked how many hours a day I'm on it. It's embarrassing. So I've been trying to limit myself, um, and I wish I could go back and tell myself, number one, don't spend so much time on it. Don't don't um don't get into internet arguments it's terrible um now i ask myself why am i on it why am i why am why am i on social media and there is actually scientific evidence proving that when you open your phone and you see the likes your brain actually releases dopamine and you get that feel good but the thing is you're not supposed to be getting it you're supposed to get that dopamine rush when you win a tournament, when you actually accomplish something, where you get a raise, where you help someone. But this is giving you that fake dopamine rush, all right? It's like the crack of the cocaine, like cocaine, clear cut, ready to go. Social media is when you take that cocaine and you boil it and you make it into a rock and you smoke it. Then a couple of years later, you're sucking dick for money. Don't be that guy, okay? Um, another thing about social media that's really terrifying is, let's say I go and I accomplish something and people recognize it in the newspaper, my peers, right? On social media, you could just completely make a facade about who you are. Oh, I'm successful, I'm making this much. And most of the time, people are not going to question it. And you're going to get that sense of validation from something very, very fake. So one lesson I learned in my life is don't, don't use social media in the wrong way. 
I still use it in the wrong way sometimes, but much less. Some ways I use to, to limit it. Number one, I turn off notifications. So if I want to see who messaged me or my likes, whatever, I have to go into my app. It doesn't pop up on my phone. Number two, if I'm doing something, if I am working, if I'm watching TV with someone, I will put my phone in the other fucking room. It's not going to be a big deal if someone calls and I don't answer. Um, again, my gym, my accounting business, my clothing company are all the main source of drive uh, to those businesses is social media. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's my best friend and my worst enemy. I just wish earlier on I knew how to use it the right way. And I hope you guys know how to use it the right way. Now, one thing that I really, really learned from the past is, um, you know, I was going to college during a recession. So I see a lot of these people graduating with psychology degrees, communication degrees, and um, they are fucking just not getting jobs after college. They're working at Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks. So I just said, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to get I'm going to major in something where I know I fucking know that I am going to get find a job in. And that was accounting. And uh, I did get a job right after college. And um, accounting is literally the worst job ever. Like for investment banking, you work 100 hour weeks, whatever, but you get paid a shit ton. Accounting during tax season, you're working 60, 70 hour weeks, and then you're still getting paid the same amount as like an engineer or a fucking any white collar job. You know, back when I was getting out of school, I was around like 50 to 60,000. And um, I realized like, dude, I could have went back and done any other job and I would have had my weekends free. I would have been out of work at five, but instead I was at work until eight, nine p.m. I was working Saturdays, sometimes Sundays. And I'm like, back then it's like, this is this is what I have to do. But now that I look back at it, no, I didn't have to do that. I could have literally gotten any other job. Um, so if you're younger and you're kind of like trying to figure out a career, um, you don't have to become a waiter or a waitress until you figure out what you like. You could get any job, but make sure that job allows you to work on your side hustle. So. If it's a nine to five, get out of work at five and start working on your hot side hustle. But if your main job has you working 12, 14 hour days, you're never going to be able to find out what you want to do. If I could go back, I would have worked something like a, a more normal job to where I could make the YouTube videos, where I could have made a podcast earlier, where I could have trained more. I was still training like twice a day, but um, definitely work a real job. But give yourself more time to work on your side hustle. Um, there's this book. It's called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I, I, I read a little bit of it. As soon as he said that he won the national kickboxing title and only trained two weeks or a month, I, I closed the book and I stopped reading. Because once I see something that is clearly a lie, I just can't support that guy anymore. But... But just from the title, four-hour work week, who the fuck could sustain themselves working four hours? A blogger maybe, a musician maybe, I don't know. But my job now at Immortals, 
I teach, we have a time slot, we have limited time slots. So I work right now, Monday through Saturday, and I teach for an hour to two hours. So that is eight hours of work a week. Obviously, I stay longer, I, I train, I help people. Um, but I could, if I wanted to, only work eight hours a week. And my gym is now making as much, even more than I was at my accounting job. So it it does exist. You can find a job where you're not working that many hours a week and you're making a lot of money. And even if my gym job was 60, 70 hour weeks, I would love it because fucking this is what I like to do. When you love what you do, time passes. Now, you're, you may be thinking, you know, who the hell, if everyone had that mentality, who would want to do accounting? Believe it or not, guys, I've met people in the accounting field that love doing accounting. They love tax. They love audit. They're absolutely out of their mind, but I know that they genuinely love their job. So guys, go find a job that you could tolerate or you kind of like. Don't ever do a job you hate because it'll suck the fucking life out of you like it did for me. And uh, I finally found a way out. I still do it as my own business. I'll do taxes as my own business on my own time, which is much better. But holy shit. If I could go back, I would have done a much different strategy. The final part of this episode is going to be family. What I learned from the past, family. Shit's about to get real dark. So if you just want to skip to the end, go ahead. But yeah, um, I remember my uncle was having some serious, serious issues um, dealing with substance abuse and a lot of other stuff. And, uh, I was just so overwhelmed by all the other stuff going on in my life. Um, you know, with my family and, um, it was the heart of tax season and I was just so overworked. And I remember his last text to me was asking me where I was and I and I told him, don't fucking bother me, it's tax season. And then the next day I found out that he took his own life. And, uh, you know, I have not gone to therapy and all that, but everyone will say, it's not your fault. Uh, you, you, there's nothing you could have done, it was him. But at the end of the fucking day, man, there is something I could have done. I know... The therapists and the movies tell you you did everything. I always ask myself, what if that wasn't my last text? What if my last text was, hey man, I love you. Fuck tax season. I'm coming to see you right now. I'm taking off a couple days from work and I'm going to come see you. Uh, And I told my accounting partner, hey, uh, I get it that you have deadlines that you got to meet. Uh, but you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, my uncle is in, in a real situation. And, uh, you know, things like that. I always wonder. I always wonder. What could I have done differently? And uh, one thing I did that I, I guess I could say I regret. 
and I see a lot of people doing is when a family member dies of suicide or a drug overdose or something they just don't tell anyone uh, because they're ashamed and that's understandable when someone takes their own life and you love them you ask yourself wow they must have not loved me that much you know but in reality it's there they had severe mental health issues they um, were not in the right state of mind there's so many things there's so many things and the last thing that you want to do the last thing is um, for you to not tell anyone because maybe your best friend's uncle is also dealing with some serious issues and he might be on the verge of suicide if you talk to them and they know how to deal with it or if you tell them hey you know there's hotlines out there there's people there's places you could reach out to you know my uncle couldn't have but yours can then maybe it'll stop them you know what I mean if someone you know died of an overdose or a suicide something don't hide it don't fucking hide it raise awareness for it so it doesn't happen to someone else you know um I had a friend whose family member died of suicide and uh, I just said, you know, I I wasn't fucking there for my uncle. I'm going to be there for this person. I chipped in for the funeral and I helped them. I talked to them and um, it did bring me some consolation that, uh, you know, I could be there for someone. My uncle passed away February 2nd, 2014. I didn't tell anyone about it until maybe a year ago, two years ago. And to me, young young Mike, he, he, he said, you know, no one needs to know my dirty laundry. But I wonder how much of that ate me up inside all those years. How much of that just destroyed me. When people asked me, because he did have brain cancer. I would just say, yeah, you know, he had brain cancer. And they say, sorry for your loss. My uncle was really young when he died. And uh, people would say, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. My grandmother just died. I'm like, oh, yes. That's totally the same that your 85-year-old grandma died. And my 40-something-year-old uncle died. It's Yes, that's totally the same. It's just uh, another thing with grief, right? When... When someone loses someone, right, the first thing you do should not be to, like, one-up them or to try to, like, relate to them. Just tell them, hey, I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, And just be there for them, you know? No one wants to hear you one-up them or try to, like, relate. It's, It's not the time for that. But, you know, my mom... Not in the best of health right now. I'm visiting her every single day, and I'm trying to just share good moment, good times with her. If you have someone you love, always, always be there for them. Fuck the deadlines. Fuck the fucking dumb shit in your life. Tax season. If you have to sacrifice that to spend some more time with your family and tell them you love them, do it. 
you know if you have to make VP of your corporation or go to your son's soccer games and actually be a good father maybe maybe you should sometimes go to your son's games you know um, so yeah guys hope you got something positive out of something negative like that um, hope you could learn from the stories I told you and thank you so much for listening so there you have it guys there's the episode let me know how you liked it the best way you could show me that you appreciate it is giving it five stars on itunes sharing it on spotify and sharing it on your story or as a post on instagram it would really help the podcast grow we just hit eleven thousand, so we are moving on up what's what's really fascinating is um Sometimes when I'm recording this, I'm like, what the fuck am I even doing here, man? Is this worth it? Am I, uh, is this, is this worth my time? I enjoy it, but like, am I getting anything out of this? And I I didn't think it was that big, but then random people walk up to me at tournaments like, hey, I love your podcast. It's really inspirational. Uh, It's really entertaining. I'm like, shit. And that gives me, uh, that gives me the motivation to keep going. So thank you guys so much. Um, <clears throat> I've been freaking very humbled that I got sponsored by Manscaped. Um, it's a product I use. I just want to end the episode just letting you guys know. 20% off and free shipping with code word R-A-K, RAK. And before I let you go, remember, follow me on Instagram at K-O-O-L-R-A-K at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, at Rambling with Rack. Check out my website, immortalsjujitsu.com. And if you're in the North Jersey area, come by to the gym. Thank you so much for your continuous support. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day.